Anise Parker is president and CEO of the Victory Fund and the Victory Institute, and she's here to talk about these vital organizations and give us her spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Anise. Hi, great to talk to you. Tell us about the Victory Fund and the uh, Victory Institute. We're the only national organization devoted strictly to LGBT leaders and helping them move into public office. We don't do policy. We don't do lobbying. We do people. And we do our work at every level of the ballot all across the country and the U.S. territories. Victory Institute also does uh, international uh, political training and organizing. And we've been doing it for 32 years. We believe that representation matters, that if we put the right people in the right place, they'll do the right things for their constituents. But for us, the right people in the right place is LGBT folks. We have to be part of the inside of politics in America. How did you become involved? So I have been an activist since college days. And for a time, I was arguably the most visible lesbian activist in Houston in the 1980s. Then I digressed for a period in politics, and I've been aware of Victory since it was founded. Victory supported me in my racist republic office, and when I left being mayor of Houston, it was really hard for me to figure out what I wanted to do for the next phase of my life. I had an 18-year career as a public official. What was the next act? And Victory came along at the right moment. I get to be an activist again. I get to use my political skills, but I don't have to run for office myself. What would you like to accomplish at the uh, Victory Fund? The mission is very clear, and that is that we need equal representation of the LGBTQ community in public office. There are roughly 1,200 people currently serving at every level of government across the United States that we've been able to identify. And we have something we call the Out for America map. Do an internet search, just outforamerica.org. You'll find it, and we track uh, the folks who are in office across the country. But depending on what portion of the population we are, and, and that number keeps going up over, over time, we need to elect at least 30,000 more LGBT leaders to even begin to approach parity in uh, American politics. And without that full representation, our rights are always going to be under attack. Now, there's never going to be enough LGBT leaders to dominate a body or to, to be uh, in the majority across the country, but we appreciate the allies who stand with us. Victory doesn't endorse allies and work with allies, but we understand that our allies are necessary. But there's a qualitative and quantitative difference when we are able to speak for ourselves. And then there's also all of the intangibles when we are in these positions where we can be role models and advocates and symbols for the next generation. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I consider my work, as I have my entire life, to be standing up and speaking up for the community in the places and the ways that I can. And I think all of us who are LGBT have a responsibility to find a way to come out and to show the joys and the burdens of being out and being visible. 
the reason that America has changed so much has been because person after person after person has come out and been visible and pushed the envelope, pushed the social change that made it easier for the next person to, to come along. I think one of the reasons that the trans community is so under attack right now is that no one in America can legitimately say that they don't know someone who is gay or lesbian. They may not be intimate with them in like their best friends or close with the family, but everybody knows someone. It's the, the unmarried uncle. It's the person at the dry cleaners down the street. But they know someone. There are many fewer transgender folks. They are much less visible. They are much less known. And when the unknown exists, you can demonize it. It is so much easier to other trans folks. And this is not some spontaneous surge of anti-trans legislation. This is an organized and uh, deliberate use of trans individuals as political cannon fodder, as it were. And the best defense against that is to elevate trans lives and trans voices. And that is a real focus of victory right now is to, while our allies are important and while uh, those of us who are gay and lesbian or bisexual and have and, and are willing to stand up are important. If we're going to fight back against this uh, really ugly anti-trans rhetoric, it is important to have trans voices front and center. And that's a lot of what we're trying to accomplish now. But when I was coming out at 15 or when I was an activist in college or when I was a young adult leading LGBT organizations through my career... It's been a constant pressure to, I, I want to achieve forward motion. I want to make change. And until we are fully integrated and equal in American society, we cannot stop. I want to be a full American with full, equal, civil rights. And we're not there yet. What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden-Harris administration? That's easy. We still need to pass the Equality Act. There were necessary compromises in the Respect for Marriage Act, and I understand them and support them, but there are still dangers for folks in terms of access to employment. It's great to be able to be married. I'm married. I love having that ability, but having marriage and then not being able to put food on the table because I could be fired from my job is a bad deal. We have to pass the Equality Act. With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have for these kids, especially during these challenging times? The simplest advice is that it does get better. And that being a middle schooler, being a teenager, uh, being in high school is generally miserable for everybody. And that it is better. There are more resources that you're not alone. And I don't want to sound like the old geezers, like, well, back in my day. But back in my day, we were all on our little island alone. There really wasn't a way to find someone else who was going through the same thing you were. Now we have that ability at our fingertips through our phones. Now, yes, every time we turn on that phone and we go to social media, we expose ourselves to the 
ugliness of social media and the vitriol that can come from trolls out there. But we have a community at our fingertips. We are not alone, and we have to recognize that. It is still true that unlike any other marginalized community or minority group, the one thing that we don't have is always the full love and support of our families. But there is a broader community out there that is willing to be our family of choice if our family of origin is not willing to support us. We need to reach out to it. How can people get information about the uh, Victory Fund and the uh, Victory Institute? Victory Fund can be found at victoryfund.org. Victory Institute is victoryinstitute.org. We uh, keep the Out for America map, outforamerica.org. We also have a really cool website that is prideandprogress.org, which is a walk through the history of LGBT political representation. Our official name is LGBTQ Plus Victory Fund and LGBTQ Plus Victory Institute, but uh, not necessary in the, in the website. Check us out. Find out more about us. We do have a conference that takes place the first weekend in December, and for the last five years or so, it has been fixed in, it used to rotate around the country, and now it's in D.C., and it is the largest gathering of LGBT elected officials in the world every year, mostly from the U.S., but from uh, across the globe, and if you want to see the future of political power, it is the place to be, and you can find out more about that on victoryinstitute.org. What projects are you working on? Because of my role at Victory, I have definite obligations at Victory, but away from Victory, I am very involved in both the issues of climate change, and I'm very involved on issues around homelessness. Uh, when I was mayor of Houston, we won awards as the best city in America in dealing with homelessness. We still lead the nation, and I have a mission to try to convince people things that, that work in addressing homelessness. In a country as rich as ours is, the fact that we let so many folks dwell on our streets who have substance abuse issues or mental health issues, and a huge number of them are uh, folks who have spent time in our foster care system. We need to step up and do a better job in, in addressing homelessness. And in fact, my wife and I, we've been together 32 years, and uh, we have four adopted children. Our oldest was 16 when he came to live with us. He was living on the streets of Houston. His grandparents kept trying to beat the gay out of him, and he followed me home one day. Uh, he is uh, 46 now, uh, so he's been a part of our lives for 30 years. And uh, part of my passion for the issue of homelessness comes from seeing what happens to LGBT youth on the streets and what they have to do to survive. Is there a question you wish people would ask you? Absolutely. What they can do to support LGBT rights and LGBT issues. And the simplest is, if you are a member of the community, stand up and speak out. If you are an ally, stand up, speak
speak out and allow LGBT voices to be centered in the spaces that need to hear our message. And then the next step is you have to be involved politically. Every one of us has a responsibility to vote and to make our needs heard at the ballot box. And then the next step after that is to support the candidates who are willing to stand up and tackle these issues. How can you help? Do what you can do as an individual. Do your civic duty and vote. And then take that next step and support the people who are getting into the arena to do the really hard work. It's great when there's a protest or a march. A protest is a moment in time, and it can raise issues and it can focus attention. But unless there is someone in the room of power, unless there is someone who's actually drafting the legislation that you want to see, that protest is like a ripple in the ocean. You want to be the tidal wave, and that means you have to put someone in that room actually crafting the legislation that changes lives. And that's the work that Victory does, so I hope people will check us out. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through these difficult times? For a very long time, I had a quote printed out and taped to my computer, and it moved to um, the three political offices I held, and it was a quote from André Gide, and it said, it is better to be hated for what one is than loved for what one is not. For so many years as an activist is the belief that I had to be comfortable in my own skin, I had to love myself first, and I had to demand respect from others because I deserved it. And I wasn't going to hide who I was in order to make my life easier. <laughs> 